This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The Alabama Democratic Party is now blaming U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville for the fact that the Marine Corps general recently suffered a cardiac arrest. General Eric Smith, the commandant of the USMC, was hospitalized on Sunday. His assistant commandant has yet to be confirmed by the Senate Armed Services Committee or the full Senate. Now the Alabama Democratic Party is publicly calling on Tuberville to resign from his office regarding his block on military promotions. They say that after months of working two positions and and sleeping five hours a night, that Smith has suffered a health crisis and still has no one to replace him. Tuberville maintains that his hold on military promotions is a protest of the Department of Defense's newest policy on abortions, which circumvents federal law as well as Congress, and that military nominees can still be confirmed through a different process used in the Senate if Democrats really want to get a particular nominee promoted. State Representative Wes Kitchens is looking to make a switchover from the Alabama House to the Alabama State Senate. Kitchens has announced that he will be campaigning for the District 9 seat that is being vacated by State Senate Majority Leader Clay Schofield as he becomes the vice president at the Business Council of Alabama. Kitchens says that he worked hard in the Alabama House to promote conservative principles and is currently the vice chair of the Alabama Republican House Caucus. Kitchens is the first to enter the race for this seat. A medical update has been released by the Sheffield Police Chief when it comes to the condition of a 10-year-old boy. According to WAFF News, Kaysen McClung is now out of surgery at Children's Hospital in Birmingham, and the surgery was successful in saving the young boy's arm and hand. McClung was shot while trying to protect his mother, Ashley McClung, from the gunfire of her boyfriend, Adam Narmore. Unfortunately, Narmore was successful in shooting and killing Ashley McClung and then turned the gun on himself. The young boy is getting support from the community, as well as the school where he is a student. Bank Independent has set up a Good Samaritan account so that donations can be made for the boy's future as well. The extradition of Joran Vandersloot occurred on Tuesday after mechanical failures on Monday prevented a Department of Justice aircraft from taking off. Vandersloot has been held in the Shelby County Jail for months now since his arrival in Alabama at the start of the summer. A recent plea deal was reached in which Vandersloot detailed the cause of death for Mountain Brook teen Natalie Holloway, who went missing in Aruba in 2005. Vandersloot admitted to bludgeoning the 18-year-old to death for refusing his sexual advances and then disposing of her body in the ocean. Vandersloot is now headed back to Peru to serve prison time there for the murder of a woman that occurred five years after the death of Natalie Holloway. Rides and vendor displays are being set up this week in Dothan as part of the National Peanut Festival, which gets underway this weekend. 60 rides will be put through a safety testing protocol by Thursday before the gates are open to visitors. There will be 60 rides and 50 games located in the Midway alone with others scattered throughout the fairground. A newcomer to the country music scene is now part of the music lineup for the Rock the South concert in 2024 in Coleman. The musical lineups were all announced this week and include Oliver Anthony of Richmond North of Richmond fame. Anthony unintentionally hit the number one spot on the Billboard chart this past August when he released his lament of politicians in D.C. who seek to rule every American's decisions and run them into the poorhouse with excessive taxation and inflation. Wanna know what you think? Tickets for Rock the South go on sale this Friday. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, 
Another 300 U.S. troops are being deployed to the Middle East, according to the U.S. Pentagon and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. The surge in troops to that area will not necessarily put troops on the ground in Israel. Brigadier General Patrick Ryder says the troops will provide capabilities and explosive ordnance disposal, communications, and other support to the forces that are already in the region. Meanwhile, the Houthi people groups in the country of Yemen have had their military spokesman, Yahya Sarai, declare war on Israel as it battles Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip. The Houthi military have now launched ballistic and cruise missiles, along with drones, targeting the Israeli military. Sarai says the attacks are to support the Palestinians who are facing American-Israeli aggression. Israel's media is reporting that the drones have been shot down and that the missiles intercepted by their aero defense system near the Red Sea. Over here along the U.S.-Mexico border, Border Hawk Media is now showing video footage of razor wire being lifted by heavy equipment rather than being cut so that illegal aliens can crawl underneath it. That's all being done by federal Border Patrol agents. Several independent reporters from the Eagle Pass, Texas area have documented the federal Border Patrol agents aiding illegal aliens by cutting the razor wire so they can slip through. This prompted a lawsuit from Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton against the Biden administration and a federal judge issuing an injunction to stop those Border Patrol agents from cutting the razor wire. However, Border Hawk reporter Efrain Gonzalez says another route to aid illegal aliens is now developing. This huge caravan of around 300 migrants crossed into Eagle Pass thanks to Border Patrol agents lifting the barbed wire. The hundreds of migrants crossed in a few minutes, this being the four massive crossing that our cameras witnessed in the last days of October. An amicus brief filed by the American Civil Liberties Union in favor of Donald Trump and against the gag order placed on him has now been dismissed by U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin. Chutkin actually rejected all motions coming from third-party interests in this case. Trump is being prosecuted by special counsel Jack Smith for challenging the 2020 election results. Chutkin ordered Trump to not say anything about the prosecution lawyers, the defense lawyers, or the witnesses during the trial. Trump is in the process of appealing the judge's gag order, but it remains in place during that appeal process. Someone who is able to speak freely after years of legal battles during the Trump administration is General Michael Flynn. Flynn went on a podcast with Joy Therer and unloaded on what he's observing when it comes to the level of Marxist socialist control within the U.S. government and other institutions. Our country <laughs> is being taken over and and we we are in desperate need of, of strong leaders to rise up, to, uh, you know, through this mess and uh, and and basically hopefully get back, you know, get our country back on track. But it's not going to be by the people that are currently sitting in the White House or sitting in some of these really critical departments of government like Mm -hmm. justice, defense, state, uh, and clearly the uh, head of our intelligence system. You know, these are people that are radicalized. I mean, I mean, extremely radical, extremely radical. And they're Marxist. uh, and, and they believe in this globalist agenda. Flynn also touched on something that the mainstream media refuses to even acknowledge or pursue by way of questioning. Here is what Flynn revealed about the overseas spying operations that uses leverage and blackmail against U.S. Congress members for unsavory crimes that are committed against children that the U.S. mainstream media continues to lump into the category of a conspiracy theory. We have the House of Rep- we have the House of Representatives right now is totally, completely broken, and yeah. they're totally owned by the corporate uh, lobbyists 
and frankly, by the globalists who own many of these people because they've been compromised by, by uh, on their some of these what they call Codell trips overseas, where these uh, members of uh, of uh, both the House and the Senate get compromised by sleeping with children, and they and they and they and they compromise. And these are real things. These are very real things. The number of aliases that President Joe Biden likes to operate under is really piling up. The National Archives have now released 82,000 pages of private emails that were written when Joe Biden was vice president and working within the Obama administration. The latest revelation of decoy names that Biden communicated under is all because of a Freedom of Information lawsuit that was filed by the Southeastern Legal Foundation against the National Archives in order to gain those documents. The emails were sent during the full eight years that Biden was VP and included the fake names of Robin Ware, J.R.B. Ware, and Robert Peters. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, told Newsmax it's only a matter of time before his committee is looking at those emails in regards to the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden and the investigation into his pay-to-play influence peddling schemes. Whenever you start digging into the Bidens, you get you get a whole lot more than what you expect. So National Archives is, is under our uh, radar now. Uh, they're they're involved in the mishandling of classified documents uh, by both Joe Biden as well as Donald Trump. Uh, it seems like they're you know front and center and and always available to dish on Donald Trump, but they can't tell us anything about Joe Biden's mishandling classified documents. Now we find out they have eighty two thousand emails that were they're using pseudonyms. What were the Bidens trying to hide? I think we know the answer to that, but that's a question the National Archives should be should be asking themselves. And here is the third part of a discussion that was held on the Steve Kirsch podcast about the DNA contaminants that were found within the COVID-19 plasmid by several scientists. In this particular conversation, the scientist who is talking is Kevin McKiernan from the U.S. Physician here is really good. I'm good at studying DNA. It's there. All right. We've got that confirmed all over the world. Um, Six different labs. Um, It's there in the vials. The next question is, is it in patient samples that have been injured? Is it in patient samples that haven't been injured? We need to look at both populations to see see what's going on here. Um, So for those not familiar with what this bioactive molecule is, uh, this SV40 enhancer has been published uh, prolifically as being a tool used in gene therapy. So it takes DNA and drags it right to the nucleus in hours. Um, We can also forward your audience other papers suggesting that when you do mammalian transfection like this, a subset of the cells, somewhere around seven to ten percent of the cells, get permanently integrated when you bombard them with with um, linear fragments of DNA like this. Uh, so to say that this isn't an issue is really, uh, I think, willful misconduct. Uh, you you have to take a precautionary principle and say, no, wait a minute, we don't know if this is an issue. We know there's DNA in there that shouldn't be, that was never disclosed and never consented to. We know it's in a transfection vehicle, and we know it has a sequence that drags it to the nucleus. Those three things are enough to ring alarm bells to stop. Stop and look to see if there's integration happening, because if there is, there's a whole host of other complications that we have to begin looking at. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. 
I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.